If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me real quick to Matthew chapter 3. And um, we've been going through this series on John the Baptist. And um, so we're going to continue that today. I think today might be the last, the last day in our series. Are you guys upset about that? I guess not. Okay. Today's the last day of our series. So um, uh, Matthew chapter 3, starting in verse 4. I'm actually going to read verse 4 through um, 12 this morning. And specifically, I want to focus on verses 11 and 12. It's a, and so, for those of you who've been here or listening online, some of these verses are going to sound familiar. It says, John's clothes were made of camel hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole, river, and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. And the axe is already at the root of the tree, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And again, specifically today, we're going to be reading in verse 11 and 12, focusing on 11 and 12, it says, he says, I bat-, and this is John the Baptist still talking, he says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose, sa- whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Is that, a, is that a cool promise of scripture? He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn, and burning up the chaff with an unquenchable fire. I'm going to read verse 11 and 12 again. It says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Can you look to your neighbor and say, Holy Spirit? Now look to your other neighbor and say, fire. Okay. Holy Spirit and fire. Some of you guys are sleeping. Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. God, again, we just thank you for this time to come together this morning, and I pray that you'll minister to us this morning and just have your word speak to us this morning. Father, I pray that you'll be glorified this morning and that you'll be lifted high this morning. Father, I just pray that your word will do its mighty work and that it'll uh, just... Uh, convict and uh, change us from the inside out, Father. We, today we're just asking for your presence and your power. God, we're asking for your Holy Spirit to come down upon us, and we're asking for the fire of your presence to be here this morning, Father. I pray that you, again, that you'll be magnified and that you'll be glorified. Amen. Um, you know, as I was reading through this passage, um, I was thinking about, ha, ha, have you ever... Have you ever met someone who is um, maybe powerful? Or have you ever met someone that's uh, influential? Anyone? Has any, I mean, you guys have met me. I'm, I'm both powerful and influential, right? Have you ever, have you ever, like, have you ever like, come across someone who's, um, man, they, maybe, you're, maybe you're a little bit nervous to be in their presence. Like, you're kind of like, oh, my goodness. Like, I, I, like, I can't believe this, that I'm actually meeting this person. Anyone? Ever before? Never. Ne- ne- 
Donnie Swagger, Judy? Was that kind of no? No. And, and, like, and it's like you met someone and you're just a, maybe just a little bit nervous to be in their presence, or you met someone and you're like, ah, yeah, you, you know, I'm not quite entirely sure how to act or how to respond. Um, a few months ago at work, I met the mayor, not of Taylor. I won't say the community, but a mayor in the Down River community. And it was crazy because I was talking. I was talking to her. I was talking to her, and suddenly she told me she was the mayor. And I was, I, I don't know. Like there's, there's something about like when you're with someone that's powerful and influential. She starts talking about things, and you just kind of pretend like you know what they're talking about. And you're kind of excited, and you listen, and they're talking, and you're talking, and you, before I know it, I'm giving her advice on the things to do downriver. And so if you guys see any changes in the coming months, you can thank me. But, you know, I, I, it was, it was kind of crazy. I'm talking to the mayor. And as I'm talking to the mayor, I'm starting to feel kind of good. And I, I assume she's talking to me, uh, the branch manager. And she's feeling kind of good. And, and so, I don't know, like when, you, when you're around someone that is, 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 is powerful and influential, sometimes it makes you feel good. And uh, I, part of me wanted to follow her outside of the branch you know, and just walk around with her uh, in her city, and people could see me, and I could, and, and they would think that I was cool, and you know, they would say, "Oh, Evan, of course, he, he's influential and powerful, and he's with the mayor." I, I don't know if anyone, anyone's ever been like that. Be, I, I don't know. When, when, when you're with someone that's that, that's influential, or someone that's powerful, or someone that has prestige, it, sometimes it just makes you feel good, doesn't it? Maybe not. Sometimes it just makes you feel good. So I'm thinking about here John the Baptist. Um, man, he was incredibly revered among the people. He was prophesied about 700 years before his birth. He had followers um, on Twitter and on YouTube. He was an influencer. Um, he was the man. He spoke with power. He spoke with authority. He was baptizing people in the Jordan River. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was just the man. And um, he even had disciples that, that, would, that would follow him around and listen to every word that he said. And I got to wonder, like, if I ever had a chance to meet him, um, what I might possibly say, if I would stand there in awe of him, in awe of his awesomeness, if I might try to give him a high five, or maybe I would bring a belt for him to sign I don't know, like, I, I kind of wonder what would happen if I were to meet. And I kind of wonder someday in heaven, when I meet John the Baptist, um, what it will be like. Um, meeting someone who had this much influence and had, who had this much prestige and this much power. In fact, I said this a couple weeks ago, but Josephus said that he had tens of thousands of followers. People that would go out and listen to him, and he spoke with power, and he spoke with authority, I kind of wonder what it would be like to meet him someday. And given his influence and given his power and given his prestige and given his awesomeness, I find it interesting that he would state in verse 11, he says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I. If you're reading, I think the King James says, who is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. I don't know if you guys know this, but um, carrying someone's sandals or removing someone's sandals, it kind of depending which, which gospel you go to, some says carrying a sandal, some say untying his sandals. 
But that was removing someone's sandals was a task for the lowest of servants in the house. Uh, this was before modern transportation. It was, be- it was before, you know, cool Nike shoes, before comfortable shoes. This was, you know, people, this, this was kind of like way back in the day. This was when people often va- walked from village to village and people's feet were weather-worn from the heat and the desert sun, and their feet were smelly, and their feet were dirty. And so taking off someone's sandals and touching their feet wasn't a glorious task. In fact, I would say that even that is not a glorious task today, taking off someone's sandals um, and touching their feet is not, is not a glorious task. So he's really making quite a statement here. For him to say, after me is going to come one more powerful, more mighty than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. I really think when he's, when he said, when he's saying this, I'm not, worthy to, I'm not worthy of his sandals, he, he's really telling me a couple different things. First of all, I think he's telling me and he's telling you that he knew who Jesus was. Can you look to your neighbor and say, he knew who Jesus was? Now look to your other neighbor and say, he knew who Jesus was. He knew who Jesus was. <laughs> uh, maybe more specifically, he knew how awesome Jesus was. After, he, after me comes one more powerful than I. I kind of like the way the New uh, Living Translation says it. It says, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I am not even worthy to be his slave and carry his sandals. To me, I kind of think about, man, John the Baptist was pretty awesome. He was pretty cool. And, um, man, he said, listen, although I have all these followers, although I'm speaking with power and authority, although I'm baptizing people, although I've been filled with the Holy Spirit, even from birth, although I'm pretty cool, there is someone who is going to be much more awesome and much more powerful than I am. There's going to be someone that's going to be so much greater than I am. There's going to be so like, 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 I don't know, like, like, again, when I read this, he knew who Jesus was, and he knew his place. He knew that he was merely a herald for the king. He knew that he was someone that was just going and preparing the way and proclaiming the word for the king. Like a herald would go into the city and the herald would maybe go to the city gate and say certain things and to the city court and say certain things. And it was just the message. Like he knew that he was merely a herald. He was just proclaiming the good news for the king. He didn't have his own message. He didn't have his own agenda. He didn't give his own special spiel. He knew that he was just the, her- the forerunner for the king. He knew who he was. He knew who Jesus was. He knew that by him and through him and for him, all things were created. He knew that he was the one that the prophet spoke about. He knew that he was going to bring everything under his control. He knew that uh, this was the Messiah, the one that the people had been looking for for years and years and years. He knew that he, uh, again, that he was merely preparing the way for Jesus. And that Jesus was coming... And that he was going to be baptized, like, like John was baptizing people in the Jordan, which would have been cool, taking people and just, I mean, I've baptized people before here at church, and we have, we have the cool music playing, and like, that's exciting, but he, he said, listen, listen, I'm going to baptize you with water, but there's someone who's going to come ahead, ahead of me, 
who's going to be baptizing you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, for some of you this morning, when you hear the word fire, it might scare you. In fact, if, if you look throughout Scripture, fire can really have two different meanings. Fire can speak of God's judgment, but also if you look at fire, it can speak of God's presence. If you look at Acts chapter 2, it speaks of God's presence. And, and, and I kind of wonder, like, as I'm reading, like, he knew who Jesus was. He knew how awesome Jesus was. And I, kinda, I kind of wonder this morning if we truly know who Jesus is. Do we know how awesome Jesus is? You know, you might look at me and say, oh, Pastor Evan, you're a pretty cool guy. Pastor Evan, you're pretty, thank you, Dean. Pastor Evan, you're pretty, I had one thumbs up. Everyone else was just looking at me like, get out of here. Okay, Pastor Evan, you're a pretty cool guy. Pastor Evan, you're pretty awesome. Listen, I, I am merely a herald for the king. And the truth is that I, I, I can sit here and I can speak thousands of words and deliver hundreds of messages, Right? But it's nothing without the Holy Spirit in his presence. You know, I'll, I'll get up sometimes and I'll talk about crazy stuff. And I get done and I'm like, oh my goodness. Aaron can testify. Like, I get home and I'm like, I'm like, I need to just quit talking. I need to sit down. I need to quit preaching. I just need to be done. Like, I think that that message went over like, like a, 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 a fart in church. I don't know. Like, I think this went over terribly, right? And um, people will, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. People will call me later and speak to me, and they'll say, man, uh, the presence of the Lord was there. And it makes me realize that, man, we, 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 we can till the ground, and we can water to the ground, but, man, it's the Holy Spirit that really makes it grow, right? We are merely heralds and forerunners for the king. We go and we prepare the way, We do everything we can. But listen, Jesus is the one who brings the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is the one that brings the fire, right? It's like in his presence, that's where there's change. In his presence, that's where there's life transformation. In his presence, that's like where, like, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Like, you, you, you've experienced his presence before where you're like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe, like, we were singing, uh, you know, the goodness of God, and suddenly the Spirit just moved in my life and transferred, and, and, and I don't even know what happened, but after, like, nothing in my, nothing in my life really changed. Like, I was dealing with this. I don't even know what happened, but I left that place feeling changed and different and transformed because of the presence of God. All right? Listen, John says, I'm going to baptize you with water, which is cool. But after me is going to come one, the, the thongs of whose sandals I'm unworthy to carry, and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, and he's going to baptize you with fire. Like, John the Baptist knew who Jesus was. He knew how awesome he was. He knew how magnificent he was. He knew of his power, and he knew of his authority. He knew who Jesus was. 
The second thing I think that we can uh, ascertain from the scriptures, not only did he know who Jesus was, but he knew the importance of humility in the kingdom of heaven. He knew the importance of humility. Can you look to your neighbor and say, humility? Look to your neighbor and say, humility. Todd, say humility. Humility. Look to your neighbor and say, humility. (laughs) He knew how important humility is in the kingdom of heaven. I think we have to remember who he was talking to, first of all. He was talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, we talked about them a few weeks ago. It was all about the prestige. It was all about the fancy prayers. It was all about the these and the thous. It was all about uh, who wore the tassels, the, ta- the tassels and the robes. It was about knowing all the commandments, and they knew every little bit of the law. It was about every jot. It was about every tittle. It was about like 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 the, these were people that that walked around proud and they would pray in the public and they would fast in the public and they'd wipe their faces so that it looked like they were in great agony. Um, and, they, and, and here they are. They're, 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 and it's, it's, again, it's a, the, the, these people, they come out to the wilderness and they're listening to John. And I really think by the power of the Spirit, he's speaking to them and he's seeing right through their masks. And although they had the appearance of righteousness, they were filled with pride. But you know what? I, w- I would take it a step further. Not only were the Pharisees and the Sadducees people that were looking and full of pride, but I would say even Jesus' disciples at times showed, um, showed that they were prideful. I mean, you read in Scripture, it says that uh, they were arguing over who could sit on their left, on his left and his right side in his kingdom. He knew how important humility was in the kingdom of heaven. In First Peter, it actually says this. This is interesting. It says to clothe ourselves with humility. You know, I, I don't. Do you even know what that looks like? To clothe ourselves with humility. In Philippians chapter 2, uh, verses 6 through 11, Paul was speaking and he said, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance of a man He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He knew how important humility is in the kingdom of God. I kind of wonder to myself, what, are, what am I focusing on? When it comes to my family, when it comes to my job, when it comes to my ministry, what am I focusing on? To me, it's, it's wild to think that 
here are these, these people, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who spent their entire life delving into the law and, and, and they were focusing on the wrong thing. It's, it's wild to me to think that the disciples who were actually in the presence of Jesus, they were, they were walking in the presence of Jesus, uh, were, were focused on their pride rather than focusing on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Well, like, what am I focusing on when it comes to my family? Am I focusing on myself? Am I focusing on my own ambitions? Am I focusing on the things that, or am I focusing on um, being humble? When it comes to my job, what, like, what am I focusing on? When it comes to my ministry, what am, I fo- what am I focusing on? What are you focusing on today? Am I a herald for the king? Am I pointing people to Jesus? Am I telling people how awesome Jesus is? Am I living my life in humility? Pastor Evan, I don't think I need to worry about that. I think I've gotten this taken care of, Pastor Evan. Just look at me, I'm good. Just look at me, I'm wearing cool stuff. I'm saying the right things. I'm giving to the church. I'm, um, you know using the King James. I, I don't think I need to worry about that. Pastor Evan, I, I am a, I'm a Lions fan. I've been a Lions fan for life. I don't think I need to worry about that, Pastor Evan. I'm a purist, Pastor Evan. I, I, uh, I have the, the, the Bible mostly memorized, and I know most of the Proverbs, Pastor Evan. I don't think I need to worry about that. Pastor Evan, don't you see how, how good I am, Pastor Evan? Pastor Evan? Don't you see this? But John gives at the end of this passage, end of this section, an interesting warning. Look at it one more time. Verse 12. He said his winnowing fork is in his hand. And he will clear his threshing floor gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with an unquenchable fire. Let me read that again for you. It says, his winnowing fork is in his hand. Gives this interesting warning, okay? So just listen closely. His winnowing fork is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn and and burning up the chaff with an unquenchable fire. Now, if you're unfamiliar with this, um, the way that they used to um, thresh wheat is uh, they would collect it, and they would often put it, they'd have a, they'd have a, a threshing floor. And they'd often put it up on a hill, and uh, they would take the wheat, and they'd throw it down on the threshing floor. Once all the wheat was on the threshing floor, um, they would take sticks, or sometimes they would take oxen, and they would trample on the wheat. They'd go around in a circle, and they'd trample on the wheat, and they'd trample on it, and trample on it, and trample on it. And then, once it was trampled on, the trampling was a separation from the grain and the shaft, right? So, so, so they'd go up, and they'd, 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 they'd take a winnowing fork. It looked like a pitchfork, and they'd throw it in the air, and the wind would separate the shaft from the grain, and I think what John is saying to uh, the people that were listening was, man, listen, there is going to be a time when we all stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. 
and we're going to have to give an account of what we've done. And, and a, lot, a lot of times I think we, we, are, we, we, come, up, we come up and we, we present ourselves in a certain way. But you know what's interesting? When you, when, you throw, when, you throw, when you throw it up, the wind is blowing. They do it on a hill, the wind. And it's interesting, too, because the wind in Scripture is often an indicator of the Holy Spirit, Right? So the Holy Spirit, I think I, maybe I'm over-spiritualizing it, but it's like when, when, when we allow the Holy Spirit in our lives and the Holy Spirit starts to move and the Holy Spirit starts to do his thing, there's a separation from the things that are real and the, and the things that are temporary, amen? And so he's like, the, 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 like first of all, you're going to be baptized by, with the Holy Spirit and fire. And he's, again, I think he's, he's speaking again of there's going to be a change, there's going to be a difference when, we're, when the Holy Spirit is moving in our lives. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with an unquenchable fire. I wonder, are we allowing the Spirit to move freely in our lives? There's going to be a day where we're going to stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords anyways. And the things I think that sometimes we hold on to that are temporary, the things that we, we, the masks that we put up, everything is going to be laid bare before the King of Kings. The worship team can come back up again. John the Baptist was powerful. He was influential. He was filled with the Holy Spirit from birth. Uh, He was someone, in fact, in Matthew chapter 11 that said, among those born of women, there was no one greater than he was. Someone that spoke with power and someone that spoke with authority. And I would argue that, that he was someone who knew who Jesus really was. He knew how awesome Jesus was. Not only that, but I think he knew how important humility is in the kingdom of God. God, today I just pray for your spirit to move. I pray for your Holy Spirit to speak to us. I pray that you, that you do the work this morning, Father. I'm merely a herald for you this morning, Father. Whatever rubbish I put forward, Father, I pray that you use it to speak to those listening this morning, Father. Maybe there are people here this morning that have been dealing with pride. Uh, Maybe there are people here this morning that have been dealing with being boastful. Maybe there are people here this morning that Uh, don't really know who you are, Father, and I pray that through the power of your Spirit, you'll draw them in closer to you, Father. I pray that you will um, minister to us this morning. pray that you speak to us this morning. God, as we sing the song one last time, may you receive the glory and the praise.